Nerds! Welcome to Nerd Farmcast Episode 2. Thanks for tuning in again since our first podcast. Hopefully didn't stare, scare you guys off. Uh, this time we have some good stuff for you. We got our Mass Effect 3 impressions. We have uh, some Assassin's Creed 3 details. We have uh, also talk about I Am Alive, which the review will be coming out uh, next week. And just, just want to let you guys give a heads up that all of this is possible on this podcast from the guys at Cosmic Comics Las Vegas. They're at uh, Flamingo and Sandhill here in uh, the glamorous Las Vegas, Nevada, and everything you see on the blog is done from the guys at Fatbeard Studios, and uh, they hook us up, and they do some good work, so stay tuned, enjoy the podcast. Welcome to uh, the Nerd Farmcast, Episode 2. I'm Burke. And I am Nick, Serious Business. All right. And we're going to get right down and dirty to uh, the news, starting out pretty heavy. This week has been flipping huge with release dates. I mean, we got a release date on Assassin's Creed 3. We got release dates on Lollipop Chainsaw. We got release dates on uh, Journey that comes out next week. And a few games also came out this week also. And that's uh, kind of disappointing because I was hoping to get that uh, this week. I was actually getting ready to hop on the PS3 and, and pull that up because, you know, I got a buddy at work that just started playing. And he actually beat already, uh, what, I Am Alive? Is that the, is yeah. that the name of it? Uh, beat it in like five hours, 29 minutes. So we can we can get into that later, though. Oh, cool! Yeah, I'm, I, I'm actually playing. I'm alive right now. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put the review on our blog, which is nerdfarmblog.com. That re, that review will be up probably next week. Um, but as for Journey, I'm already in. You can download Journey right now on PlayStation Plus. Like, oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know that. Uh, that you know, we got the VIP treatment on that. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the great thing about PlayStation Plus. I mean, we got that a week early. You get into betas early, and. Uh, it, it wasn't any cheaper. It was $15, but I'm already playing it, and it's going to be awesome because uh, we're getting to where the review will be out when people who don't have PlayStation Plus will have it. It'll be, like, out day one, so it'll be pretty good. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but uh, so the release date for Journey is next week, and uh, it's so it's slated for March 13th. That one's coming out the soonest. Um, one big game that I'm looking forward to is Lollipop Chainsaw. Um, yes, I, yes. Yeah, I just got done playing... Um, Shadows of the Damned. I put the review up on the blog, and uh, Grasshopper um, Studios and Suda Fifty One, also known for uh, No More No More Heroes. This game is going to be fantastic. And speaking of March releases, iPad Three got a release date, um, and I mean the you know it's not really that big of an upgrade if you're already on iPad Two, but March Sixteenth you can get that, and it's got like the HD screen and some other, you know, like 4G connectivity and stuff like that. But for me, it's more of a, I, I really want one just because I want to have essentially a mobile Blu-ray player since I get, you know, all the digital copies of all my Blu-rays anyways. So, And I'm going to give you the digital copy of Drive so you can watch that badass movie. Okay, okay. Well, if I have it on digital copy, then I'll probably, you know, watch it. So Yeah, I'll email you the digital copy because I just bought it because... I can't live without Ryan Gosling's beautiful eyeballs. Uh, 
Yeah, so Lollipop Chainsaw, slated for June 12th. It cannot get here soon enough. Um, check out, um, for our listeners, check out the blog for Lollipop Chainsaw. We also have all the um, uh, costumes with, with each place that you pre-order. So you got Amazon, Best Buy, GameStop. You can check all those out at our blog to see what costumes you want to pre-order uh, Lollipop Chainsaw from. And uh, the one that uh, I think... I'm looking forward to, I mean, I love the first Bioshock, second Bioshock was decent, um, Bioshock Infinite got a release date, and it's supposed to come out October 16th, so, is that a, is that a, is that a game you're looking forward to, Nick? Uh, I definitely, excuse me, I definitely want to play the, uh, the demo and check it out, I mean, the, the concept seems sound, the, you know, hot cheerleader killing zombies, um, I, and, you know, I, I forced the girlfriend to, read and listen to the blog and podcasts and i get a text last night and, and you know it's 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 real cute it's like what's what's rpg nice what's, <laughs> what's aoe and then and then i get one later that's like what's a lollipop chainsaw <laughs> and I, you know having to explain all of that it's it's fun i mean it's cute that she's supporting the endeavor and also you know she's taking an interest and in kind of expanding the horizon she's like right behind me she's like giving this stare <laughs> nice yeah well and the funny thing is because you say that and when i go because you know um for people that don't know me and nick are the only people that write for nerdfarmblog.com uh, and i'm actually an administrator so when i edit nick's um blogs when he after he publishes them his posts um i always do kind of add in some things where he'll put AOE and I have to put, you know, area of effect just because I, I, I'm not to say everyone who reads is layman's, but I just kind of put it in so people are, Yeah, you know, and I mean, I understand that I kind of just, you know, I expect everyone to know, I, I maybe it's me because it's like 2012 and I'm like, everyone should know what AOE means. EverQuest has been out since 1992. Yeah. You know what it means. I've been playing EverQuest since forever ago, so shut your faces. Yeah. But uh, the one um, release date that I thought this uh, the the whole the whole thing for this release date that I've, the game I'm about to talk about we should we're going to get a little bit more in depth into um, is one that everything came out and I I just straight said this is a straight conspiracy all these leaks were done on purpose they were done on time they were done with purpose and that's uh, that's Assassin's Creed three you know and. Th- if I could weigh in on the the leak, and I'm going to put that in quotations verbally since you can't see me waving my hands around in the air, um, and maybe in the future we'll do a visual podcast at some point, but I really, really hate the the quote-unquote leak system that advertisers use. Like, it's like, you know, if you're a game company, it's not really a big surprise that you're putting out games. Mm-hmm. So don't pretend like you're not doing it. Like they, they, I don't know if like Ubisoft or EA sits around, you know, whoever it is at the time, just sits around in their office and they're like, oh, yeah, n- no one expects us to put out a video game, especially not one that we made a buttload of money on. And now we'll make a campaign to seem like it's like on the back burners and no one will know. It's like, shut up. Just tell everybody you're making the game and everyone's going to buy it anyways, no matter how, you know, much the nerds complain about it. Like, like the same thing with mass effect, you know, Oh, it's got too much day one DLC. This is, Oh, I should be on the disc. Blah, 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 blah. You know, you're going to buy it anyway. So shut up and go out and buy it. 
Yeah, it's and unfortunately, it's it's gamers now. We have this this sense of entitlement that is just completely completely off. But for me, Assassin's Creed Three, um, it comes in and says Kotaku, which these guys awesome. I I don't know where they get all the rumors from, but they they know people. So Kotaku comes in and says, Hey, I got an email from Best Buy that shows a picture of a, a tomahawk wielding assassin. Yep. But the thing that got me with that is Best Buy is not collaborate, you know, they don't collaborate with Game Informer, and somehow the cover art that they that Best Buy sent, I'm doing quotations also, that Best Buy sent to Kotaku, is Game Informer next month's issue, like, cover story? That To me, that doesn't make any sense. And then and then soon after that, come in, we got, alright, well, Ubisoft just straight confirms it, and they say, oh, here you guys go, here's our box art, like, okay, so Ubisoft just gives in li- literally hours later, it's like, they didn't, they didn't try to deny it, they were just like, well, here it is, and then Three days later, we get our first trailer and a release date of, of October 30th. So there's the release date for you guys, Assassin's Creed 3, October 30th. But it's like, yeah, like you said, it was I don't, keep it a secret, and all of a sudden, in, in two days, the cat's out of the bag. And not only is it no longer a secret, you have a trailer and a release date. It just seemed yeah. all too, too planned. Yeah, and it is. It's all they they have a little board at at the company. And, you know, granted, I'm not there, so this is just me talking out of my ass right now. But... They they got a little board on the wall that says, you know, here's our marketing strategy. We'll pretend that it's a leak, uh, you know, and then they have all these so-called leaks all over the place. You know, I played games and this I'm me dating myself, even though I'm not that old. Uh, you know, I played games when there were actual leaks. And granted, you should not download games illegally. But I played Halo 2 as a French release because someone I knew had a modded Xbox, you know, and they downloaded Halo 2 and we played it like a month before it came out in the States. That's a leak, you know, a disgruntled Microsoft or whoever employee putting data on the internet is a leak. A planned strategy for marketing and building hype is not a leak. Yeah. Well, and the same thing that you're talking about there, Half-Life, same thing, Valve. But the thing, the problem with Half-Life, and I think, I'm pretty sure it's Half-Life Two. I'm gonna get, we're gonna get flamed if I don't know which Half-Life it is. I'm pretty sure it's Half-Life Two. Brought out, Valve puts it out. A German dude steals it, puts it on the internet because it was, it was our gamers, in quotes, sense of entitlement that Valve wasn't releasing it, and then so Valve ended up changing their whole Half-Life Two. Like, I think it was Half-Life Two. I'm not sure though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Half-Life 2. But uh, um, moving on, just you know, exactly, it wasn't a leak. It was a very, to me, a very planned strategy that um, it might, I think worked. I mean, the, my Twitter, my Facebook, everything was blowing up with Assassin's Creed 3, just period. Everybody's well, saying it. it does work, but, you know, it's that, I don't I just really hate the, the, the term leak because it's not. It's It's all planned. And if my quality drops, it's because I'm attempting to play the... Mass Effect multiplayer, and we're doing a silver challenge. Ah, way to go! See now, now you're you're gonna fail us here. Yeah. You're sound like you're gonna sound like uh, Max Headroom up in here. Like, um, get, 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 get Pepsi. Yeah, hip hip. So, <laughs> what we're gonna go on since you are you are on the Xbox, you're playing uh, Mass Effect Three. Uh, let's talk about our impressions of Mass Effect Three. It's been out for uh, I was I got the midnight launch on uh, Monday night at midnight, and uh, so it's been out for a good five days, and uh, 
you put out the review on our blog. Yep, yep. and spoiler-free, but because you get to listen to me now talk about something that I'm moderately passionate about, which is games and playing them, you are going to get spoilers once we get into them. Yeah, and just and continue to go on. It's, it's been five days. We're not going to talk. I don't think you're going to get too spoiler deep. You know, don't obviously don't well, give. I haven't. Any. I haven't beat the game yet, but I mean, Reddit is already. Uh, for those who don't know, Reddit is like where the internet meets and all the cats and all the YouTubes get together and talk about everything. Uh, you know, everyone has beat the game for the most part. Uh, I have not because I work. So, but no, um, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, if, if you, if you're on the internet, if you like video games, uh, don't be on the internet because you're going to learn a bunch of stuff that you didn't want to know. So, I mean, I, I won't spoil the entire game, but I am going to talk about a few things that I've learned so far, uh, you know, just yeah. in the course of my my playthrough. Well, let's, let's just start at the beginning. Um, there are no dif- there's no difficulty levels. Uh, out of the three things you got to choose, which which path did you choose to play? Did you play action RPG or the real RPG where there's not much action? Which well, which did you choose? Here, here's the neat part: is importing the Shepherd from Mass Effect Two doesn't give you that option. Oh, okay. Uh, but you can still go change your narrative process, which I'm pretty sure that's the, the option that they had in the demo, uh, was, you know, choosing your narrative, whether it's going to be, and if, if I have to burp, it's only because I'm drinking wired because I work overnight. Uh, it, you know, you, you choose how you want to interact with the game in, in your little conversations, uh, whether you want to make full decisions uh, you know, if you're stupid, then you play with the I don't want to make any decisions mode yep. because I'm a bro and I just want to play an action game, which this game is completely not a, a pure action game. Uh, so if you do that option, you're just really missing out on, on a lot of the content. And you probably just don't care about your characters either, which is why would you play the game if you don't care about your characters? Yeah, exactly. It's not the reason you're playing. You're the reason you're playing this game. I, I had a character that I could transfer over from Mass Effect 2, but I didn't want to. I want to start up a completely new character. Um, the class I chose was Sentinel, and I chose Sentinel because it gives me the armor, the tech armor that, one, explodes if people get too close to me, so I can explode if I'm getting overwhelmed. I have um, biotic powers, but I also have some tech powers, too, so I like that I can take away armor. I can take away barriers. Um, it's it's essentially the jack of all trades, but master of none class, and I, I enjoy having. I don't. I don't like having to depend on my team for biotic powers or for shields. So, uh, what class did you choose to go? I forwent the uh, the biotic route, and I went pure engineer, okay. uh, which I I really enjoy. Both my my combat drone and my turret feature armor piercing rounds and high amounts of damage, and I just uh, got. The, it's it's kind of a fallback or a throwback rather to Mass Effect 2 where you can get your teammates' powers essentially, um, but I have the the armor piercing rounds, so I I function completely uh, support free with my characters. Like it's it's like traveling in a party of of five people whenever I do a mission because I have that turret and I've had that drone and and 
when you think about it, almost everything in the game, all the Cerberus units for the most part, except the base ones, have some sort of shield. Oh, and spoiler alert, you, you have to kill lots and lots and lots of Cerberus. So, you know, if, you, if you're an engineer, the game is really easy because not only do you have those extra little drones and whatnot to, to help you take down stuff, you know, I got the armor piercing, I've got the, the hacking, uh, sabotage allows me to hack synthetics, which is nice, and now I'm dying, that's cool. Um, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, since the majority of the game is, is synthetics or or AIs that you can hack, then, you know, the, the engineer is the way you want to go. Yeah. And, well, that's... And that's the reason I chose the Sentinel is because I, I noticed at the beginning, yeah, we're fighting a lot of Cerberus, and the Reapers have lots of barriers, so I chose a class that can take away barriers, take away shields, and cut down armor. That's oh, yeah. what and, and, you know, Cerberus has their Atlas, and the the Reapers have the Harvester. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've seen one of those yet, but it's the giant flying bird thing that's in the demo. Just one, and it we did not have to attack it. I'm only still, I, I'm about I'm about six or seven hours into it right now. Okay. I think I'm ten hours in so okay. far. Yeah, and uh, um, spoiler alerts for people: um, who are your two companions that you most like that you use all the time? Uh, well, for those that don't know, Edie gets a body in this game, and she's hot. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of like having a female legion because she asks like you know questions as she's becoming human, and it's it's fun to watch her learn how to interact with with people. Yeah, are you gonna try to uh, steal her away from Joker? Or are you gonna let Joker? Uh, if, if it gives me the option, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just you know, Joker has the hots for uh, Edie, so you guys got uh, And and if you explore a lot more, uh, you you'll see that. You know, Edie kind of has the thing for Joker too. Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, so you go with Edie? Who's who's your other companion that you use? Um, I use Liara because I like the the biotics. Um, yeah. Another good choice is uh, probably for those who have the From Ashes DLC. Uh, the the uh, sorry, Prothean Squadmate. Okay. Because he he is like the combat biotic, even more so than Rex. He comes with, and I, I kind of think that he's slightly overpowered. And these silver challenges are are actually kind of difficult at level one where I'm at. Oh yeah. Uh, he he's got like this uh, pull grenade mm-hmm. that essentially lifts every or a lift grenade. Sorry, that it just explodes and everyone around him gets lifted off the ground and you just like just shoot all of them and you take virtually no damage with that guy around. Yeah. The funny thing is my Sentinel has a lift grenade and I have put zero into it. All my stuff is into taking barriers and taking uh, armor. Um, oh, it's 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 really nice. Yeah. But it's like I I'm not far enough into it. I have like four people to choose from. You know, I have um James who is the Jersey Shore douchebag who speaks uh, Spanish. Freddie Prince Jr. I find I find it completely strange that he he looks like he should be on the Jersey Shore. Um, and then I have uh, Liara, who I use all I'm the time. I'm jealous that James, you know, traps are bigger than mine. Shepard should not be the smallest guy on the team. 
yeah, I, 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 as soon as I get to kill that, the sooner I get to kill that guy off, I'm gonna kill him off. I, I hate him as a character. I and, see. You know, you, you're supposed to start off. They Ubi or uh, sorry, Ubi. Uh, Bioware has even said you're supposed to kind of start off hating him, but then grow to like him. And, and if you've interacted with him for a while, you, you'll see what I'm talking about because he's actually not that bad of a guy. You automatically assume because of the faux hawk and the giant, you know, biceps and him working out and wanting to fight you half the time. Yeah, you know, that he's a douchebag, but he's really not. He's he's just really misunderstood. And the more you interact with him, the more you're like, oh, hey, you know, you're not you're not really that bad. You just, you know, you're not on the same level as Shepard. And he, he really looks up to Shepard because, you know, Shepard's been, you know, everywhere and done a lot more than him. And he, he kind of feels like he hasn't uh, done his part, mm-hmm. you know, in the effort to stop the Reapers. And they explained that, you know, he was on this mission while you're handling Mass Effect 2. Uh, you know, and he, he went on this mission, but like most of his squad died and it turned out for no reason at all, just because, uh, you know, you had, he was going to get this collector technology, but you're at the collector base handling it all, you know? So he explains that to you why he's kind of mad at you. Yeah. But, uh, and then I have Garrus and I usually go in using, uh, Garrus and Liara. Garrus is good. Yeah. I I do enjoy Garrus. Um, I used to just keep him around because he's uh, a badass. I really don't care what powers he has. I just want uh, a cool dude next to me. So um, that's my... Uh, you mean Space Batman. Yeah, exactly. i got to make sure oh, I... God, these, there's these... Uh, uh, I'm going to go into the multiplayer real quick. That's, that's these guys just like wasting me because they've got shields and barriers on. And it's it's we're on this geth level. It's these geth pyros. So don't mind me. Yeah, but we'll go ahead and talk about, um, since you're playing it, how you like the multiplayer. It's horde mode. I, I have to have story or a multiplayer. Like, I, I just can't. Horde mode is difficult. I heard that, but I disagree based on the grounds where it's like horde mode with missions. And that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really see. Oh, got to revive a teammate. Um,. I, I don't see a downside to it because you can't really do unless you go full out, just totally team fortress. You're not going to have the multiplayer experience that you're, you're kind of looking for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you know, explain a little bit of how the multiplayer works. You know, you choose your class, you choose all that stuff to so go in, go in and you take- kind of have a lottery from the get go of uh, what you're getting because everybody starts with like two of each class but then as you buy the boxes and they actually made uh more boxes available you have the the free recruit pack which gives you a random you know assortment of of gear and whatnot and upgrades then you have your your standard pack and that that's like five thousand points then you have the veteran pack um and then you have the uh you know, the Spectre pack, and I don't think the Spectre pack was in the demo, and we are getting messed up by these guys with flamethrowers there. And the Spectre, the Spectre pack is uh, uh, fit, like 50,000 points? Uh, yeah, but the, the benefit to that is they added a function, and this is going to be for all the people with too much money or their parents' credit cards or whatnot. Mm-hmm. You can purchase all of those with uh, Microsoft points. So you can waste money on your fake item 
which is ridiculous to me. I don't see a point. They, they, um, have, the same, they have the same thing in uh, – it's, it's, it's that the free-to-play aspect in a game that is not free-to-play. Um, same thing with uh, Gotham City Imposters. You could buy your whole, your whole character's costumes. You could buy every piece of costume. You could buy a mascot. You could buy everything – with real I mean, it's cheap. It's only 180 points, and then the, the tier lower is only 80 points, and I had 110 points lying around, and there's nothing on the market that costs that that's worth anything, so I went ahead and got a box. But it, if I'm putting money into it, it should not be a lottery. It should be a sure thing. Yeah. And that's why I don't gamble. No. I mean, because, you know, if I'm going to waste a dollar here and a dollar there, I want to know what I'm getting. I don't want to uh, just hope that I get my my Quarian engineer because I hate my human engineer right now. Um, I don't have a turret. I only have the assault drone, and I want my turret back. Yeah. So I, f- I feel your pain. But uh, overall impressions, uh, are you enjoying the multi? The multi- I- I am enjoying it, uh, and I usually rage quit in multiplayer, but it seems that this community is a little bit more uh, friendly mm-hmm. than, say, like the bro communities of yeah. of Modern Warfare and, and uh, Battlefield, that sort of X-genre, X-year uh, mentality. Yeah, I... I think it goes in, like, you say that bro mentality, and it really does come down to the fact that Mass Effect 3, I'm not going to say is a more mature game, but people got Mass Effect 3, not for the multiplayer, they got it for the for the single-player experience, and the multiplayer yeah. is like an add-on, while Modern Warfare 3, people just buy it just for the... For the yeah. yeah, and, you know, it's it's one of those games, like, I've, I've read the spoilers, and I've, I know what happens, and, I you know, girlfriend was laughing at me, but people are actually, you know, uh, tearing up. And I, I, I talked to Thane, and he's talking about dying, and, and his kid's been visiting, you know, him more regularly. And it goes into, into that aspect. Like, you don't get him on your party. You you get him, you only meet him in the hospital, you know. And uh, so you're talking to him. And I actually got almost a little bit misty-eyed talking to him because he's like that seasoned veteran warrior uh, waiting his death. You know, he's accepted that he will die. And, you know, later on, a couple more really important people die. And you don't really have any say in the matter. Uh, And, you know, it's characters that people have grown to love. And and girlfriend's like, well, why would you cry if somebody in a video game dies? And, And it's like, well, why do you cry if somebody in a movie dies? You don't even get to interact with people in the movie. You at least get to you know, interact with the video game. In a movie, you're just watching people do do all of their interactions. And one thing, your girlfriend needs a new voice that was way too deep. And t- I know, that's her sexy voice. But, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, people get teary-eyed reading books. It's just, it's having a connection with that player, and uh, and I think that's what Mass Effect does really well, is making you care about the characters. Oh, yeah. I, I've never really cared about my characters before. Like, you can look at my uh, – I'm in spectator mode because I'm terrible at this. But uh, you can you can look at my Star Wars character, for instance. You can make all the different choices in the world you want, but I don't care. I just care that my character is dark side, you know, eight or, or whatever it is. You know, all I want is 
to be the most evil person in the galaxy because I'm a Sith. But because the, the decision-making process is so long-lasting and everything you do has a real consequence in this game, unlike Star Wars, uh, you actually you either really care about your character or you're just a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. And you make the game harder for you. Like, if you went through Mass Effect 1 and 2 and killed everyone you had the chance to, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure in the third game because all of those people uh, get combined into a one giant lump sum called your your military effective readiness or whatever, and you need all those points if you want to come close to the good ending. of Well, and, and I say good ending, but for people who know, they already know that it's really dark yeah. for, for uh, you know, Mass Effect. Like in the last two, you know, I mean, Mass Effect 2 even starts with Shepard dying, but, you know, they bring him back. But, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty dark. And they have said that, uh, and I can't cite the source, but they said that there will be more Mass Effect universe content yeah. uh, being published, but it's not going to feature Shepard. Mm-hmm. So, and and that's what I want. I would actually play a a Mass Effect uh, MMO or something to that degree, where you know you have these characters, these classes that you'd like to see expanded uh, more upon, but you only have a, a forty hour experience with them. I'm I'm glad you brought up the Mass Effect MMO because I wanted to talk about it on this this uh, pod farm cast here that. I think there's, you know, not slated to have a Fallout MMO, but Bethesda won the thing from Interplay for the um, for the Fallout MMO uh, rights. Uh, Mass Effect, talking about a Mass Effect MMO. Um, Star Wars just got its, you know, second MMO. Uh, no one wants, a, a, well, I'm not going to say no one. I, which I speak for the universe when I say this, I don't want a Fallout MMO. I want an Elder Scrolls MMO because you spend all that time making your character and being unique and you can't show it to anyone. You know, you can't... Like, can I get, like, Skyrim and Dark Souls put together? You know? Yeah. Well, like, that's the rage quits. No, and I, I, I agree wholeheartedly because I come up and I'm like, fiancé has a whatever level who cares with a two-handed hammer where I'm like, I have this weak ass cat. Like I made him look like a house cat. He's literally a house cat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He he uses, he dual wields and he sneaks and he has a bow and arrow. And I'm just like, I would beat you down. And she's like, I'd come up and hit you and decapitate you. I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to give her a voice now because I got to give her a voice. I'm like, I don't even know why you think you can challenge me because I'd be snuck around and you get two shots in your back and they're, you know, I'm not going to let you close to me. I'm going to flip an archering, arching cat. I sprint around, I have mad amounts of stamina, and she's like, I don't know, we'll just never see. There, that's my girlfriend's voice. I'm going to kill you because I have a plus 10 to cat slaying sword. Cat slaying. So, but uh, I, the MMO community, I think, is right now flooded. I think there's too many. Um, WoW still, I think, runs the universe. I think Star Wars is doing decent, but I just canceled my Star Wars membership because I'm just not playing it. I'm playing. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, and I, you know, as much as I like Star Wars, I too just, you know, canceled mine and never re-upped because, you know, it's like uh, I like the game, but 
I'd rather play, you know, something that's just more fun. It's, it's I, I would say that while it's a good game, it is WoW with lightsabers. And thankfully, uh, you know, to how they made the game, it killed MMOs for me. So I'm completely, I'm pretty sure I'm completely done, at least until something extremely different comes out as far as MMOs are concerned with MMOs. You know, there's, there's no, they're all the same when you break it down. I've played everything from World of Warcraft to Star Wars to, um, I've even played Aeon, uh, God, I've played all the, the Korean free ones. Oh yeah. You know, this, all kinds of MMOs, Dark Age of Camelot, EverQuest, uh, and I've played EverQuest on, oh, and EverQuest 2 on, uh, PlayStation 2, and then on, you know, on the computer and all, like everything. And the only one that kept me playing for more than, you know, a couple of years was World of Warcraft. And they've done it right, but because they're more about the money now than, than the content, there's no reason for me to play it, you know? They're, they're, right now, my thoughts on that is World of Warcraft is their... Um, their tentpole. So they're bleeding money out of WoW, which will continue to make money. I mean, EverQuest is still around. EverQuest has been out since the early 2000, you know, maybe even late 90s. Uh, late 99, I believe. So, yeah, 99. And uh, WoW is now, this is a tentpole. They're bleeding money. They're using it. They got StarCraft 2. They have Diablo 3 coming out. And I guarantee they're going to have a WoW, they're going to have, not a WoW, they're going to have another MMO that they want to take WoW's place, but they're just, they're going to use it as, this is their moneymaker, like you said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but, uh, so that's my, you know, my thoughts on the MMO is like, I, I don't want to see, I don't, uh, I love Fallout. I flip in, when Fallout 3 came out, I played the shit out of that. I mean, every single trophy, every single trophy on the DLCs, everything. I mean, I loved it. And I came into Elder Scrolls, and I think it's decent, but I've, I just don't think I would enjoy a Fallout MMO. I, I can't see how they could sustain that for. Yeah, I mean, if they, what I really want is I just want multiplayer in. Even just if it's two, if it's two players, I want multiplayer in in Skyrim or Fallout. You know, I don't want the MMO per se. I want the just the multiplayer. Let, allow someone to jump into my universe and see my character and stomp people's faces with that character. You know, and call it done. That's all I want. Yeah, would you um, Assassin's Creed Three? More leaks, more rumors, co-op. Would you play Assassin's Creed Three with me? I I would. I would. I like the the uh, multiplayer aspect in Assassin's Creed. I just think that they could have done it better because, well, I'm I'm not going to say three. I played the last one. I played was Brotherhood, but you know that that sneaking around with your team trying to blend in with with you know the the regular people was cool except if you're really trying to sneak you're not going to have a teammate or a team of four players who all look the same that's very conspicuous yeah well and, and the thing i sucked at it Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, I, I would stab NPCs, trying to stab another dude, knew the dude would just like, jump from a building and kill me. I also been terrible at it. But I think with co-op, like you said, I would see you, I would see my, my character, we customizable, we look like two badass, I'm, I have a tomahawk, you have a whatever, who gives a... Yeah. We hop from tree to tree, 
and we go and we, and we assassinate things as a co-op. It's just me and you stomping people's faces in. I'm in on that. I'm in on that. Yeah, and well, you know, I I do like Ubisoft's take on the stealth game. Uh, you know, that that's who makes Assassin's Creed, right? Before I get completely yep. wronged. But yeah, I want them to make because uh, I'm pretty sure they own the rights to uh, Tenchu. I want uh, them to make a Tenchu game. That up. Keep talking. Uh, you know, but because Tenchu seems more plausible to have this ninja running around looking like a ninja. Assassin's Creed, you know, has been this line of assassins going through, you know, whatever time period they're in, killing people. But it's not really plausible because when if if I'm a, a diplomatic leader and I see a guy in a white hood with a giant belt buckle that says, hey, I'm a part of a douchebag assassin guild, blah, blah, blah. Why would you not just sick every guard on that? And it's like, hey, anybody with a stupid, you know, protractor, compass, whatever, belt buckle, kill them on sight. Just kill them. Don't ask questions. Don't take them into custody. Just kill them. It's, it's, it's not even that. It's not even that. It is. It is. If you see somebody who has a hood and they're dressed better than every single person around you, kill yep. them. That's, that's yep. the but, uh, so, uh, but no, uh, Tenchu Z was made by uh, um, Softworks and then uh, Tenchu before that was released by Activision. Not, well, so. I think Ubisoft bought uh, the Softworks. Ah, oh, shit. I'm not even, even going to look that up. But uh, uh, we're going to stay on Mass Effect uh, for okay. people who don't know. It used the Kinect uh, controls. I think they work fine. <laughs> I, I will not ever, ever plug that in. I did that with Rainbow Six way back in the day. Uh, and, and it's cool, you know, when I was, what, uh, you know, 21, just getting into video games on, on Xbox Live and stuff when it just came out and whatnot. And, you know, we're like, with our little headsets, we're like, oh, hey, look, you know, blah, 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 move over here, team, move up. But... When I play a video game, and this is, I despise motion controls, and I do not like the Kinect, except for if you're going to play a dance game, it makes tons of sense. If you're going to play the little sports game, and you're a fat ass, and you don't play real sports, it makes tons of sense. But if I'm playing a game that's based on the controller, I don't want to play with, I don't want to yell at my TV. I'm here to play a video game. I'm here to veg out. I want to sit there with my mouth open, drooling, because I'm so into this game. I don't want to have to be like, oh, Gara, Gara, move up. Oh, Ligara, move to cover. Blah, 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 blah. When I can just look around and press left and right on my D-pad. Yeah. Well, it, it literally, it, it's just me yelling at my TV. It's really open. And, well, most of your games are you yelling at the TV. You didn't need to spend $100 on your Kinect. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Is I'm, I'm going to be yelling at it anyways. But uh, with using those voice controls and using the motion controls if you want to, it's not minority report. It's not that, you know, it's not that sensitive. Uh, Fable 4 <laughs> slated to use... The journey. Yeah, slated to use majority connect, if not all uh, connect. I believe Peter Molyneux said that it would be only connect and that he will possibly never make another conventional controller-based game in his career as a game designer, which I think is getting ready to count down. 
uh, because A, he hasn't made good games in forever. B, he always hypes up his games and promises all this stuff. The only Fable game that was actually really good was the first one. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, every time he's like, yeah, it's going to be so much better than the last one. Really? Because it looks like he just took a slice of Fable 1 out of the fridge, threw it in the microwave, threw on some, you know, rooster sauce and called it done. Yeah. And, dude, Fable, Fable uh, 2, pretty solid game. I kind of enjoyed it. Fable 3, not so much. I enjoyed all three games, but as far as quality is concerned, it's Fable 1 takes the cake. Oh, yeah. Easy. Easy. Um, so, just so you guys know, we just let you in on a little news there. Fable 3, or 4, I'm sorry. Fable 4, slated to use Kinect controls. Um, talk a little bit about the uh, Skyrim universe, um, about the MMO. I think we're going to... Um, we're going to leave the video games for the moment. I'm going to come back because I also have some um, I Am Alive impressions because I'm playing I Am Alive. But we're going to talk about uh, The Walking Dead and not the not the book, the TV series. Nick, I have read every single uh, trade um, You know, up to this point. There's a new trade coming out in the next issue from now for The Walking Dead. Uh, what are you liking about the series and what are you not liking about the series right now? Uh, well, I like that the series is out because I kind of think it's going to, you know, it, it is a good show and by no means is it a bad show, but it, it's going to essentially kill the zombie genre mm -hmm. because zombies are like 2012's vampire, you know, 2011's vampires or 2010. It's just this overdone trendy monster that they've gone into uh and and if you want to sell product you just slap a zombie on it yeah That's unfortunately I, I feel that way too but I, what i like about the walking dead is it's a different take on the zombie genre where it's more about the people surviving than the actual zombie which i think a lot of people when the zombie genres before this missed out not this is excluding the night of living dead series because uh romero always has the majority of his conflict are always with the people well he uses it as like this crass commentary on yes. society and people society are, at that time yes yeah, and people are just now discovering that george romero is actually a pretty shitty writer <laughs> and, from his past couple films the only reason that he you know and people are like oh you know this movie's terrible blah 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 guess what chief uh, his writing was bad in Night of the Living Dead. It yeah. was bad in Day of the Dead. Whatever X zombie year zombie, whatever he's made, his writing's been the same. He can't write a beginning for a movie, so he just has the zombie apocalypse happen. There's no rhyme or reason to it, you know. Uh, and and people are like, oh yeah, he's a terrible writer. No, he's been the same this whole time. He's been terrible since 1970. Whatever. It is. And, it's it's just one of those things where, you know, it's really easy to write a zombie movie, I would think, because you you just have, oh, hey, look, zombies happen. Oh, look, now all my writing process is over with. I don't have to do anything else. Yeah. And it, this isn't meant to be a, a hate fest on Romero. I, like you said, it is, it is a crass commentary on the time, and I think he nails every single one of his films. I think, I think he nails society to a team with his last film, 
or the one before last with the Diary of the Dead, where it's all the self cam. That's the way it's, it's the it's the decade of the, of YouTube documentary filmed movies. Yeah. Um, I can't watch them, but I do want to hear your take on Carl at the moment because Carl in this show is not vastly different than on the the comic book, but you understand a few things about Carl if you read the book. I'm very curious to see where this call goes, because this call on the TV series right now is turning out to be a little bitch, while in the comic, he's more, uh, I don't want to, I'm going to spoil it for everybody here, Carl is more, um, he's more cold in the comic, he is, he's grown up in this, in this world for, I think, going on like a year and a half, almost two years now, and it's it's life. It's life as he know as he knows it now. And and death to him is nothing. Killing killing somebody, killing a zombie, it doesn't mean anything. Well, in the show, right now he's turning into be a little bitch. So uh, yeah, I I think that the the difference there is because it's a, a child actor versus you know a comic book written by an adult. Mm-hmm. But I hate Carl. Yeah, I despise him because he seems like an entitled little child. And and the whole last episode was a Carl episode with him, you know, going out and he sees that he steals the guy's gun out of the motorcycle. And I don't even know if that'll have some sort of negative repercussions and end up killing the guy from, uh, uh, what, uh, boondock saints. I don't remember I, his name. I uh, guarantee that that gun that he dropped is going to come back. Cause he's, yep. that character's going to notice that his gun is gone. Killed, he killed, uh, Dale. Yep. So, I mean, you know, there, there's going to be more repercussions for Carl being a little douche nozzle. Um, and I'm about to die, even though I'm the only one doing this objective. That's cool. Uh, you know, and he goes out and it's like your dad is like the smartest dude in the apocalypse. And yet you're so dumb. Mm-hmm. Literally so stupid that he goes out and plays with his zombie and then ends up freeing the zombie because he wants to, you know, play little stupid you know, games with it. And why didn't he just shoot it in the face? That, that would have seemed like the best possible option. Yeah. And it's, Uh, I I, I really just hate stupid people. And Carl is the stupidest person on that show. I, I am looking forward to that. And that's, and that's why I see Carl as he is now. And I look forward to seeing where this goes in the show. Cause I guarantee it's, it's going to get pretty crazy. I guarantee it. Um, but while we're on the comic book talk, uh, for people who are not gamers who are listening to our podcast, I apologize for all the gaming stuff until now, because I'll talk to some comics. You want to hear some comics? I'll talk to some comics. Uh, recently, uh, Brian, who's the owner of Cosmic Comics Las Vegas, has been giving me uh, a bunch of good books. Uh, one that is very similar to The Walking Dead, and I think, Nick, if you wanted to get back into reading you know, any comic book or anything like that, it's called Crossed. And uh, it was written by Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis known for Preacher. Um, also did a few of the Punisher titles. And I did actually read all of Preacher. That is a great series. So then you know how Garth Ennis writes. Crossed came out in 2008. So this is literally about five years after uh, The Walking Dead came out. And uh, Crossed is um, a disease. They don't know how people get it. They don't know how you, you got it. It's you know, essentially like the zombie apocalypse. But the thing is, they're real people. And it, I mix it between the people are uh, between the crazies and 28 days later, it's not quite the rage virus, but it's quite where they're they're pissed and they're sick, and um, and so they come up and they they they're pissed. They want they just kill people. They want to kill people, and they come and they get in, you know they get in groups and they can be fast. They aren't slow, 
but they're not methodical. You know, they they can't make big plans, but they can make things happen. And the book's pretty it's pretty intense because uh, you know how if you know how Gar- Garthinus writes, yeah, in this book at any time can die. Like no no character safe. Period. And uh, it's pretty gruesome, but it's a very good book that I'm reading right now. It's called Crossed. Um, and another one um, done by a few guys, uh, Brubaker and Phillips are doing a book. A new one's out called. Uh, I'm gonna, dude. I'm gonna totally butcher the name. It's called like Fatal, or Fatal. I'm pretty sure it's Fatal. I think it's Fatale. Fatale, whatever. But uh, it's like a horror crime uh, put into one book, and it is. I mean, it's fantastic. Right now, there's, um, you know, I, I don't know how this woman is in here who looks the same as she did back in 1930 because it's you know 2012. There's cults. It's horror. I mean, it's, it's a great, it's a great book. And if anybody wants to pick those up. Um, Cosmic Comics always hooks me up, and uh, great great dudes down there, they know all their books. And uh, uh, But we'll go back into the gaming, because I want to talk about uh, with all the zombie stuff, the post-apocalyptic, with, you know, post-apocalyptic stuff with uh, Fallout. I'm playing I'm Alive right now. Um, Nick, I don't know if it's a game for you. I Yeah, I wasn't going to get it. Um, it looks interesting, but I don't think that it would last very long with me especially not uh also you know playing mass effect yeah he he is no nathan drake uh he's no special ops guy from resident evil but i it's not a survival horror game but it is a survival game dude it's the review is going to be up hopefully next week i hopefully should have this beat in a little bit but uh i'm really enjoying it it is a frustrating game but not as frustrating as uh as a uh, dark souls which was just, hor- I, I hated the game. It was flipping horrendous. <laughs> yeah, I, I I would never have recommended that you even look at the cover art for Dark Souls, knowing you and how you play games. Oh, uh, it was, and the thing is, is that I Am Alive is difficult in the same thing where you can't save in the middle of what you're doing. You have to go from one checkpoint to the next checkpoint, and you could do a bunch of stuff between then, die, and you have to go all the way back to the checkpoint. But it, it doesn't upset me because I'm learning things. I'm learning how to how to do things. The, the biggest thing about I Am Alive is planning and taking you know each step slowly, looking around, thinking how you do it. It's all about planning. So you're walking around, you have a stamina gauge. When you climb things, when you climb, your stamina gauge slowly goes down. Yeah. And so before you climb, plan where you're going to go. And then go that direction, and uh, and when you meet somebody, sometimes they just want you to keep walking. They're just like, just keep walking, so you kind of back up, don't make any movements. If you pull your gun on them, you may not have any bullets, and they'll start shooting you, and now you're dead. Yeah, they were just gonna let you walk past. But let's say you have a group of four dudes, which I'm finally getting good at it. A group of four dudes come up, come up at you. What? Two guys have a gun, two guys have machetes. You let them walk up to you. And you have like a surprise attack where you literally like machete his face. So you machete his face, aim your gun at the dude who has a gun, shoot him real quick, and you can choose what you want to do with the next two guys. If you want to kick a dude into fire, if you want to try to back him up, try to kick him off a off a cliff. You know, it's all about planning. When you see those four dudes, it could sometimes now I'm getting further into it, sometimes it's five. You look all around you and I mean it slows down. Did you watch the the uh the Sherlock Holmes movies? No. No, no, no. Oh, dude, you, you got to watch Robert Downey Jr. I mean, flipping fantastic in uh, in the uh, Sherlock Holmes movies. But what he does is, b- 
before he gets in a fight, he looks around and he sees everything. Time slows down. He looks ahead, sees what he's going to do, and then and then does it. And that's the way I am alive turns out for me. I see four dudes coming at me. I focus in on one guy who's obviously going to come try to like attack me with the gun. Quick kill him. Look at the next dude who has a gun. Shoot him. Walk over because if you leave that gun on the ground that the guy dropped, the other yeah. guys will pick it up and shoot you. So you have to pull your guns on those two dudes. Walk over, pick his gun up. And then plan what you're going to do with the next two guys if you want to waste a bullet. Because it's literally one bullet at a time. You have Your gun has maybe two bullets, three bullets most at a good time. But I'm really enjoying it. Um, and so I really look forward to finally finishing the game. The only thing I don't like is uh, I met this girl. She's like five. And uh, her, her guardian, Henry, is like, oh, I'm glad you found May. Can you, can you bring her to me? Oh, sure, dude, where you at? He's across town. I was like, how did May get across town? I'm, I'm, yeah. climbing, I'm climbing subway cars that are in the earth, climbing up and down. Like, how did you even get here? And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm killing maybe, I don't know, 15 people in the way of, you know, the way to this area. It, 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 to me, it doesn't make sense, but it's, it's an entertaining game. Uh, the why I talk about that is because I don't know where this genre is going, but The Last of Us is coming out. Uh, I, th- I don't know when it's slated. I'm pretty sure it's slated for later this year from Naughty Dog, who we were talking about keeping secrets and leaks, who kept this game very well kept secret for until uh, the video, the VGAs. And uh, have you seen much on the PS3 exclusive uh, The Last of Us? Uh, I have not, other than the trailer, and it looks interesting, but reading like what Naughty Dog has said about the game, it's like, Okay, I get it. You're excited for your game. That's cool. Every every developer should be excited for their game. My problem is with the it's going to change the way the you know, it's going to change the genre. It's not. You know why? Because it's just uncharted with zombies. That's all it is. It's not a game changer. It's not you know, this crazy new thing that no one's ever seen before. It's uncharted with zombies. That's, that's don't, don't try to church it up at all. Just give, give people a game. People just want to play the game. I think, I think you have to read a little bit on it. I think you got it because to me, it sounds very interesting. I, it is, de- it's definitely going to be a little bit uncharted, but it's not going to be, it's going to be more survival where, uh, that you're going to have that little that girl. She's going to be walking with you, and they're totally working on the AI, which I hope. Oh, works. don't turn it into another Amy. Do it's, not turn it into another Amy. You're not going to hold her hand. You know, she's not going to. If you're stealthing around, she's going to stealth with you. Like this is their plans. Um, you will see more regular people than you will infected. That's their plan. Okay. So, um, and the way it works is, is you're a guy who did runs for different people back and forth running supplies through the city of Pittsburgh. And it is quarantined off or used to be quarantined off by the military, and they have since left. So there's a bunch of you know things around, concrete walls that usually aren't there, all, all that stuff. It, it's, it's jungle porn, really, what it comes down to. You know, you know how Naughty Dog, look, Naughty Dog looks with you know, vines everywhere. Oh, yeah. Nice color. And so which will be a big difference from I Am Alive, which is a very dark gray palette. Uh, but on that note, that is the most that I have to talk about. Anything you want to add 
uh, before we close up uh, some closing remarks or anything? Well, I am currently working on, and it will be posted to uh, with pictures and everything uh, to the blog as soon as I can get it completely developed. Mm-hmm. Um, I am working on making a new, different, I'm not going to say better, but a completely different Pokemon-style drinking game. Because I know that there is one that you can print off the internet, but that just doesn't seem very original if everybody's playing the same thing. I'm trying to convert an old, like, 1980s Game of Life game board into a Pokemon drinking game. And it will get you completely smashed uh, and I don't even think it's going to be able to be completed in one playthrough, but who cares? You, everybody wins when you're getting hammered. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, explain a little bit about the Pokemon game. So I actually had to go buy my Pokemon because my favorite Pokemon, I, I haven't been in it since flipping, what, freshman year of high school? I can't remember. Yeah. But uh, uh, Well, basically, I'm using a combination of... Uh, general Pokemon rules, you know, every every Pokemon type has a drink equivalent, uh, and all all uh, elements are going to have strengths and weaknesses versus, you know, opposing elements, um, which will factor into the the process. But the base idea that, that I'm using is, um, you know, you're going to have uh, your your Pokemon traversing this board attempting to capture as many Pokemon as you can before either A, you pass out, or B, uh, you know, you're, the game is over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think anyone will make it to that point. But, <laughs> um, you know, you're going you're gonna to have to roll two out of three or, or best or highest out of three rolls of dice against an opposing player, you know, and if you lose to that player you have to drink their Pokemon drink as well as yours and vice versa. Yeah. Um, and that's where the, the, the elemental alignments will come into play. Like, you know, if if you have a grass Pokemon and I have a water Pokemon, my Pokemon's going to have to try harder to beat your grass Pokemon. So I would have to roll a, a the dice number plus, you know, two, you know, whatever the dice is, plus two to be able to beat your role because if we tie, I still have that minus two uh, modifier yeah. uh, based on that. And then, you know, if you want to capture Pokemon, cause everyone will get like a little piece of paper and they can write down how many or what Pokemon they have. Um, you have, uh, you take a die, a 10 sided die and you roll it, multiply that number by two, whatever that number is, is how many seconds you have to drink the the element type drink for the Pokemon that you're trying to capture. If you can pound that drink within that allotted time, you know, be it two seconds or twenty seconds, then you win that Pokemon. Yeah. You know, and that and that goes into your final score. But there's gonna be a whole lot of beta testing that goes into this too, because a game of life board is not a small board at all. And you know, I, I went out and got a couple uh research books you know, the little Pokemon encyclopedia and stuff. So I'm trying to arrange it so that you're actually traversing, you know, the Kanto region, the Johto region, all that, you know, so it's actually going to be hopefully a fun game by the time I get said and done with it. And, you know, it's, it's for, because most people that grew up with Pokemon are, you know, 21 and older at this point. So, you know, there's no reason to just limit 
you know, Pokemon to the little kids, relegate whatever 695 Pokemon to the little kids. Yeah. And, 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 and as it goes for the, the rules won't be so confusing that by the time you're, you're pretty, uh, blasted. Well, I will have, I will have an entire, uh, rule paper. Like it'll just be the, the sheet of, of XYZ rules all together. Uh, and then that will be thrown up on the website too. All right. And so, uh, just give us some examples of the drinks. Like I'm going to use Psyduck. Psyduck is my favorite Pokemon because he's flipping, he is dumb. Like he literally, he just passes out essentially, but he's yeah. psychic. So when he wants to do his thing and he's psychic, what, what would well, he be drinking? Technically, technically, uh, that would be an incorrect statement because he is listed, uh, in both books I have as a water type. Oh man, that is, uh, you know what? So, but you know, like like say Charizard is is fire type. You know, he mm-hmm. is going to be like um, your cinnamon schnapps type drink, or um, like Pikachu, an electric type. The the closest electric type drink I could think would be one that matches Pikachu's color almost perfectly, which is the screwdriver. You know, and and so on. Uh, grass type. For grass types, I want to use Midori-based drinks. Um, for your dark type, uh, we decided on Jägermeister because if you're going to have that powerful Pokemon, you're going to have to suffer with your drink. And I will not have any dark Pokemon. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna find a dark Pokemon because I I want somebody to have a dark Pokemon so I can just take some uh, some Jäger. But uh, um. Yeah, so I, all in all, I think it sounds good. It's any any game that involves alcohol is good. I did the me, you know, me and my buddy Greg, we did the Portal Two drinking game. Anytime you entered a portal, you had a drink. And by the time that game, our co-op, you know, was done. Oh man, I was so slowly putting portals up. It was it was terrible. The room spinning. Can't jump through portals anymore. I'm jumping off at the side. But uh, so yeah, I think. I think I think I look forward to seeing that on there. Maybe seeing some, obviously down the road, some prototype pictures. And uh, well, I'm going to try and take the the highest resolution pictures I can manage uh, to to really give everyone an idea of what's going on in the game, you know, and really do the the board that I finally get done justice because this is like it's actually going to end up being a huge arts and crafts project uh, that that I'll be undertaking to finish the entire board yeah yeah so but we are right at the about hour marker i think we've made a good progress in the nerd farm cast number episode two and so uh until i think the next one may be unless something happens you know three weeks from now maybe a month from now so see us again in april or the end of march and uh this will be up on the on the nerdfarmblog.com in about two days sweet but until then I'm Burke. I'm Nick. And uh, you guys behave yourselves.